0: you're listening now you're talking on MBB Think Radio. I'm your host Marshall Ramsey, of Mississippi today. Look, I got to tell you a little bit about our guest. Natural born leader, she's a motivational speaker, she's a historian, she's a women's activist, and she's a friend. So let's welcome to the show now, director of the Two Museum's, Pamela Jr. Pamela, welcome. It's good to talk to you.
1: Good morning, good morning. I'm just glad that I was in the office when, when, when I received the call because I forgot about it. Good morning. And then I'm being very authentic and honest because I ran into the office this morning with some things happening here. So I'm just so glad that I.
0: See, that brings a fresh energy to it. When you have a little bit of panic and a little bit of adrenaline, you know, you're going to be just fired up today.
1: Oh, definitely, definitely. With the slap heard around the world and everything going on today, it's going to be a good day. Oh, yeah. That,
0: you know, I was thinking about that. We, we, of course, you heard our conversation on it, and I'm going to get your two cents on it in here in about half a second. But, you know, I was thinking about it. It's like all the things that are going wrong in the world, it's kind of actually refreshing to talk about something that doesn't really matter much.
1: Definitely, definitely. But I'm, you know what? But I'm good. I'm good. Here's the thing: if if you can have mentors like Denzel Washington, Samuel Jackson, and others around you, and they gave him the man talk, yeah, it's good. It's a, everything is good in the world. Man, everything I could use
0: good. a, I could use a, a man talk from Denzel. Um, <laughs> that would do me. I love this right here. He said, "At your highest moment, the devil shows up."
1: Every time. Every single time. Every time. Every time. So you have to be ready. You have to be ready because you never know when the battle is going to come towards you. You've got to be ready. you got to be ready to decide if I'm going to look left, if I'm going to look right, or if I'm going to look straight ahead. Well,
0: here's, here's my take on it, Pamela. You know, you know what I do for a living in my day job, and you know I've made fun of people for in here in Mississippi for 25 years. But I only make fun of, like, people in power. Um, I generally don't draw cartoons about people's wives, you know, and I don't do about their kids or anything yeah. like that, you know. For yeah. And I mean, you know, I kind of have boundaries a little bit, not saying that, you know, I'm sure if you're in one of my cartoons, you're probably not pleased about it. But, I, you know, like I said, Chris Rock is Chris Rock and, you know, he's funny and so forth. But I don't know. And I'm not saying he deserved to get slapped on live television, no. per se, because because <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of comedians right now are probably signing up for for karate class. Uh, you know not that, but anyway it 's crazy. Hey, look, it seems like 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 five minutes ago that you were in the studio and we we're talking about the two museums being built um, yeah. man that 's gone by quick it 's hard to believe it 's been five years
1: it 's been five years and and a long five years to me with a lot of people that came in here, wanting to understand the history, wanting to understand Mississippi, so what better place to have built. Than the two Mississippi museums where people can come in and get that history and then go out and tell the world, you know, about the complexities of Mississippi, but also be able to tell, tell them about the resilience mm. of the people mm. of Mississippi. That's what's most important to me because we're, we are always lacking on everything, health care, education, all that. But there's a resilience that lies among the people because if it wasn't, the population wouldn't be where it is right now, and people wouldn't be coming back home to say, "I'm going coming back home to Mississippi."
0: Did you just hear me saying "amen"? Because I was uh, standing up with my arms in the air on that one. <laughs> you know what's great about though, and and, and I, you know, like I said, and I really applaud your role in it. You've done a great job. You start out at civil rights a museum, and then you moved up being director of both of them, but. I love the fact that we are able to tell our own story in a very honest and blunt and beautiful way instead of somebody else telling our story, you know, like they always seem to do.
1: Yes, yes, you know, and, and I don't think that I would, and I've said this to you many times, I don't think I would be here today if, it, if I didn't think that the stories were authentic. Not to say that there are some folks out there that have shunned me and turned their back on me because they say I work for the government, but they don't understand me and they don't know me. Because I would not have been here, and I would not—I I went through every little piece of information, every piece little of information. If I thought it was wrong, I talked to other scholars. If I—if I didn't like the wording, I said something about it. I mean, I—I I, I I never took my job lightly. I never took my job lightly because if I did, I wouldn't be here today. Mm-hmm. I would have—I—I I, would—I would be home doing something else. I can tell you that I'm vested in this place.
0: Let's start back at the beginning. You grew up here in Jackson. You didn't, in fact, you're just a few miles of here in West Jackson near Jackson yeah. State University. What was it like growing up in Jackson in the 1960s and 70s?
1: You know, we were like a, a, a community that was a, a safe haven. Uh, African-Americans lived in one part of West Jackson. You may have three streets that were all white. And and we didn't go to those streets that much. We, we passed those streets and went to church deal we had to do it was like a safe haven the teachers lived in the community was there a lot of things going on as far as the movement and marches yeah you know the biggest one for me was when the 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 protests at jackson state uh university i don't call it a riot because the students didn't start a riot it was a protest and i want people hear me when i say that the riot was started by other folks okay but but I remember my grandmother on the phone with 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 people and 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 uh, talking about mega ever's and understand the information. I didn't ask her, but I knew that's what she was talking about because it was the. I could hear the conversation when it came to protest. She knew a lot of things that were going on in the community. She just didn't talk out loud about them. So you know, I, I think that I'm carrying the mantle for where she was getting the phone calls from from. Ministers at Pratt United Methodist Church, where she was a member and understanding that Megger had been in the parsonage and they were having meetings there. So I think what I did was for her, I brought it out. Uh, where she was silently, uh, listening on the phone and maybe whispering to other women that she was talking to. But I am that forefront for her that she didn't do, that she wasn't able to do, because she didn't drive, she couldn't get around that way unless my granddaddy took her. So, and, and he was busy working trying to make sure that we were all, you know, uh, taken care of. So with that being said, I, the, the, during that time, it was it was something but it was a safe haven for us we didn't we were uh a lot of us we didn't have to even deal with that we just went to church went down the street to school Came back home, went to church, went down the street, you know, a couple of waistline parties, as we, as we called it back in the day. But when the older children in the community started marching, that's when it became real for me.
0: Yeah, I've always kind of wondered uh, about what makes you tick and, and so forth. And just hearing about that, how you grew up, your family and your parents were very important to you in your life. Tell us a little bit about that. I mean, how did they influence you, obviously, with education and so forth? Um I mean, did you kind of have an idea what you wanted to become when you were a kid, or is it just something that has evolved?
1: You know, my grandmother finished, I think, the eighth grade. My grandfather finished the second grade. They raised me. My mom had me when she was between the ages of 16 and 17. I tell people I graduated with, the, with, with, with Jim Hill's class of 1958. Uh, <laughs> but the thing about her, she was so cosmopolitan, she messed up. So, you know, what, what are we going to do about it? I'm going to have this child. I am strong enough to say that's what I'm going to do. And she knew, being the only child, that my grandmother and grandfather were going to take me in like their own, and they did. And so I, I had, I have very strong morals, a lot of old-timey morals, I tell people, because I was raised by loving grandparents. I never had to want for much. When I go on Jackson State's campus, let me tell you this, I can live north and see my grandmother's church, the steeple of her church. I can look south and see my grandfather's church. That, and I was born on Jackson State's campus. It tells you a lot about me right there, right there. And I just realized that a couple of years ago, I was like, oh my God, this is why when I'm on Jackson State's campus, I always feel at home. Because I was born on the campus, I look one way, I see Pratt United Methodist Church, I look the other way, I see Third Temple, uh, uh, Church of God in Christ. So it's, it's, my life was just an amazing time. The only thing that I have to say is that what took that away from me was being bullied as a kid. Really? You know, being in, in 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 the community, I'm a dark complexion little girl. I was very shy because people always the children talked about my color. So that was a problem for me, and and I didn't have big brothers or sisters until like six years down the road, five years down the road. So I was in this little place that I had to kind of take care of me. So I I didn't like to do any fighting or anything like that. Didn't really, nobody taught me how to. So I just kind of stayed on my own. I had a cousin who would take care of me if I needed to, (laughs) she needed to, she would be my savior. Let me put it in those words. But I read a lot. I wrote a lot. I I love to read the first book that I put my hands on. And I've told the story. There was a library right down from Jackson State College campus. And I was able to go in there with a young lady that lived next door to me. And I said to the librarian, do you have books written by black people? And she went to the, the shelves and brought me back Black Boy by Richard Wright. Oh, wow. Oh, my God, I fell in love with Richard Wright. I wanted to know this man. I wanted to understand because he talked about things that I knew about. He talked about streets in Jackson that he walked up and down. And, and I, I didn't know where the school was, which was Smith Robertson, but I knew, I knew he went to school in Jackson. And I said to myself, I want to be like Richard Wright. I want to write. And so I would write every day something. And I can't even tell you what any of those writings are now or what happened if my grandmother got rid of them. But drawing and writing and listening were things that I love to do. And you still do. Yes.
0: And you still do. I tell you yes. what, and you do know where Smith-Robertson is now, and we'll yes. touch on that in just a second. We're going to take a quick break, and when we return, we're going to continue speaking with the amazing Pam Jr. If you'd like to be part of this conversation, the number is one eight seven seven MPB ring. That is 1-877-672-7464. Stay tuned. There's more on the way. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey of Mississippi Today. Hey, if you're just tuning in today, we're talking with motivational speaker, historian, women's activist, and director of the two museums, Pamela Jr. Pamela, um, you've said that Ground Central, Ground zero for you is Jackson State University. Of course, you ended up going to college there. Tell us a little bit about your college experience and what did you think you were going to do when you graduated?
1: Well, here's the thing. I I majored in therapeutic recreation and minored in special education. (laughs) What a... (laughs) What a totally different path that I took. But I, I you know, afterwards, at sometimes, at some point, I got married and we moved to this little town called Waycross, Georgia. And in Waycross, I, I, I put my therapeutic uh, hat on, and I saw that Special Olympics was nowhere uh, in this little little uh, town of about thirty-five thousand. And there was this community center that I, I worked at and was over. I supervised the staff there, and across the street was this this center for, you know, mentally uh, uh, challenged and, and mentally handicapped children and uh, physically, I'm sorry, challenged children. And so I went over and talked to the people there and I said, look, you know, I, I have some connections. I've met some people that work with the Georgia Special Olympics. Let's get these students involved. And we did. And from there, they made me the the, the uh, state director over, I'm sorry, not state director, but district coordinator for eight counties after I had been done that for about two years. And I enjoyed it. We took the students to, to Warner Robins, Georgia. My life there, seven years where I had my sons, was amazing. And, and I, then I came back to Mississippi. When I got back here, a friend of mine, because it was hard finding a job, uh, most people that's in therapeutic recreation, they stay in that field until it's time to retire. And so someone said to me, Pam, just apply if you can type, you'll get, you can get a job. And I said, thank you for that. I got with the city of Jackson, and it, started, it just started booming from there, from one position to the next position to the position where I became the manager of Smith-Robertson Museum and Culture Center. And I give all divine praises to Ruth Antoinette Batten-Campbell, who has – it's been a year, I think, to yesterday – that she passed on, she transitioned. But she was my mentor. One day she told me, I'm tired of you playing. I want you to apply for a position at Smith Robertson Museum and Culture Center. I know your heart. I know your administrative background. I know you can do the job. She put more stock in it than I could in myself. And I I, I took that challenge. And from, from then on, and from that particular December of 99, I took that job, and my life has been soaring. And only because God puts people with you, yes. and he put Miss Campbell with me. And she was the focus of putting me on that path, that, that destiny that was put in front of me that God had laid out for me even before I came into this world. She was that angel that did that. And after her work was done, hey, I'm just here living my dream.
0: I'm not going to be— um... A non biased journalist uh, in this interview because I really, really, really admire you both professionally and as a friend. And the fun thing about looking at your life and your career is looking at it backwards and realizing that every step along the way had two components. Number one, it gave you a skill set for the next step, Mm -hmm. but two, it gave you challenges that taught you those skills. And I think any young person who wants to go into some challenging career needs to look at how you handled it, because it was like you had a job with a certain amount of of duties and everything else, but you weren't afraid to take on new things.
1: No, no. You know, here's the thing. Let me just say this. There was some fear. There's always some fear. But what I had to do is say, you know, it's not about me. It's about what the gift that I have been given and me sharing that with others. That's how I live my life. That's, and, and sometimes, you know, Marshall, I look at myself in the mirror and I see myself totally different than what people see me as. You know, I think about uh, Donna West, which is Kanye West's mother, whose, whose quote is, when giants look in the mirror, they see nothing. Mm. And I, you know, when people rave about me, I don't see what they see. I'm glad that I don't. I am there I try to stay as humble as I am, I know my beginnings, I know what I come from, and I'm just grateful for this opportunity, whatever God has in store for me I'm, I have to be ready for it, meet the challenge, and go on yeah i I'm human of course i'm I'm afraid, but you know, I just keep stepping, just keep trying to walk in it. There have been some things that's been brought to me, and that I have to make a decision about for myself. And, and I'm a little nervous about it, but I've got to make some phone calls today. <laughs> I have to make some phone calls because we never know what else God has for you to do.
0: You know, I mean, literally you've just said about five or six things that are all tattoo worthy. Um, and one of them, it really strikes me, is that you use the talents and the gift you're given to help other people. Yeah. And, and that's a very refreshing way of looking at it.
1: You have to, you know. I've gone through some things. There have there been some challenges that I didn't think that I could could have even gotten out of. But there have always like been what? Changes. Well, you know, one thing that I and I don't talk much about, it, and I can say this is that as a, as a young young woman with two sons, I was mentally and physically abused. Mm. And 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 what I thought about that years gone by now that okay, you were God knew you were up for this. God knew that you were going to use this in a way. So go out and help women. Go out and help others. Go out and tell them, "Look at me today. Look, I, I can tell you what I've gone through, but look at me today. You can, you can come out on the other side, and the other side can be victorious. It was for me. I raised two of the most amazing men, and that I, te- I tell people they're still my prince because I is only one queen, and and that's me. And the protocol says that the queen has prince." <laughs> And when they have their own family, they'll be king of that particular family, and they know the structure because we talk about it a lot. But but I I think that's the out of everything I've done in my life, that right there brings me down to my knees. Is the birth of of Rashad and Jarrell. Those are those are the loves of my life, and I think with them I did
2: good.
0: I think you did too. Let me let me say this though. I mean you you touched let's touch on a couple of things. You said you were bullied as a kid. And then you went through abuse on that. And yet you came out of it stronger. Some people really struggle with, you know, obviously when they're bullied, they have lifetime trauma, they have PTSD and everything else. Do you feel like that you just kind of focusing on putting one foot in front of the other that got you out of that? Or how did you avoid having that kind of uh, stress down the road?
1: You know, I think we all uh, deal with it in our own ways. Uh, an angel was put in front of me, and, and they said, I think you need therapy. Yeah. Because there's something about you that's different than people. And I don't know what it is, but you need therapy. I don't even know what you've gone through. But I, you need some help. And he said, "Here's a here's a card. Here's a number. Call this lady. Let me say this to you, I went through therapy for one year. Not only did I deal with the not having my dad around me as a little kid, but you know and, and that 's a whole another subject, but just being able to deal with all of those things that i that was going around in my head, it took me one year. I felt the healing I felt me standing upright with my head up because that's how I was uh, on the campus of Jackson State. Somebody stopped me and said, every time I see you, your head is never down. Mm -hmm. I said, no, because my grandmother always taught me, look ahead. You see the sidewalk. Don't look down. Look ahead. See that side. Look ahead for everything. Whenever in all your walks of life, look ahead. So with that, that woman, whatever her name is, I cannot tell you anything. I cannot describe her to you. But I went through it, and I came out of it victorious. And that's when everything started fueling with me. Just, just I saw yellows and greens and oranges and pinks, and and just, I, I, my whole life changed. Now, the, I'm, I will never say I don't have problems today. We all do, but I try to deal with them. I, I try to deal with them, and I try to find a balance for myself, where that I can get rest and because being the director over the largest museums in the state of Mississippi is hard work plus being what I call big mama to a lot of little mizz out there all over the place because i just love women i love us i love our conversations and if all of my what i call little mizz if they need me they know i'm only a phone call away
0: how can folks like I said, you, you, you've you taken on this role as mentorship and being a mentor. I mean, obviously your grandmother, all the people in your lives on that. How did you decide, you know, I'm going to start giving back, or when did you start just deciding to do that?
1: It was never a decision.
0: It was just a way of life.
1: It's just a way of life. Yeah, that's Again, awesome. it's never a decision. You just yeah. do. You know, even when I hired, when I first got on here at the museum, I hired uh, staff members, and it was intentional for me to hire young folks very intentional so that I could help them grow. And all of them that started out with me initially have gone on to better heights. That's important. That's very important. I hope that when I make a decision on when I leave here, that I will continue to uh, be a consultant to go out, start a podcast It's just, you know, God is whispering to me right now about what you need to do next. There's always a next time until you die. My grandfather taught me that because he didn't stop working. Poor thing. I, you know, I think about him because he's such an amazing man to me. He learned how to read reading the uh, a book about John F. Kennedy. And the only thing he would ask me is, Pam, what, what is that word? Because he depended on himself and he depended on his family to help him. And and I, I noticed that he, he kept working. They told him, you have to retire, Mr. Green. And Mr. Green said, okay, he retired for two weeks. And after that, he went back to something that he loved doing. Yeah, we, we don't know how to stop, but that was something that he loved. It's in my bones. I I, I, I won't stop. I will rest, but I won't stop. I, I, I will continue until I can't do whatever that is that's
0: for me to do until God says so. Yeah, I was uh, just read a book called Strengths of Strength by Albert Brooks. We'll touch on that in just a second. We probably need to take a quick break okay. right now. Yeah, I just heard the music. So anyway, uh, it's time for our final break. And when we return, we're going to wrap up our conversation with Pamela Jr. There's still time for you to join that conversation. The number is one eight seven seven 877 mpb ring That's eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Stay tuned. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. an MPB Think Radio podcast.
2: People wonder where my secret lies. I'm not cute or built to suit a fashion model size. When I start to tell them, they think I'm telling lies. I say, it's in the reach of my arms, the span of my hips, the stride of my step, the curl of my lips. I'm a woman, phenomenally. I walk into a room just as cool as you please and to a man the fellows stand or fall down on their knees. Then they swarm around me a hive of honeybees. I say, it's the fire in my eyes, the flash of my teeth, the swing in my waist, the joy in my feet. I'm a woman, phenomenally. Men themselves have wondered what they see in me. They try so much, but they can't touch my inner mystery. When I try to show them, they say they still can't see. I say, it's in the arch of my back, the sun of my smile, the ride of my breasts, the grace of my style. I'm a woman, phenomenally. Now you understand just why my head's not bowed. I don't shout or jump about or have to talk real loud. When you see me passing, it ought to make you proud. I say, it's in the click of my heels, the bend of my hair, the palms of my hands, the need for my care. Because I'm a woman, phenomenally, phenomenal woman, all you women and me.
0: This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey of Mississippi Today. Today we've been talking with Pamela Jr., another person who's very good with words, uh, director of the two museums. It's not too late to join in on the conversation. The number is 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Pamela, we just, I was mentioning that book about, you know, strength to strength. And basically the whole point of it is we get to a certain point in our lives where, you know, we start maybe losing a step in one area. We, don't, we can't really hustle maybe the way we used to, but yeah. we can transition into a teaching mode or to a, a mentorship role. And it sounds like that's kind of what you're evolving into a little bit. Um, talk about what, what Pamela 4.0 is. Is it 4.0 or 5.0? I was trying yeah. to think about what version of you would be coming up next.
1: You know, uh, my, my boys uh, have this name. They call me um, uh, Minnie Yandla. Okay, I <laughs> said I cannot be Yandla's child. But you know, I, I've always, I've always been that person that was always uh, giving advice. I remember going to Midtown years and years ago to mentor two women that was, had gone through similar things that I had. I would walk in with a suit on and dress to impress. And then I would sit down and tell them my story because I wanted them to see the other side but understand that I've been there where they have. I would also give them my phone number so they could call me. And I had calls at night, Mm. late into the night. out, Just helping. So I've been mentoring for a while. Um, You know, one of the things that I'm really interested in is, is so others can really hear me. Mm-hmm. So my, my oldest is working on some things with me, and uh, God is whispering four things for me to do. And I'm going to, you know, try to do as many of them as I can do. I can tell you one of them, and that's trying to write that book.
0: I was going to ask.
1: Yeah. yeah. That, that book is important to me. So my my oldest is is buying me different type of equipment so I can go on and get this thing done. Because if I got to write with my, using a pencil and a paper or even a computer, it's going to be hard for Mama. But. Well,
0: you know how to eat an elephant, don't you?
1: you know, how to do what?
0: Eat an elephant.
1: Okay, tell me. One how-
0: bite at a time. Okay. When you okay. get up every morning and you write a little bit, you write 1, 500 words or 1,000 words every single day, and before you know it, you're going to have that book.
1: Wow, wow. Because yes. I want to read
0: it. I want you to get it done.
1: Uh, yes, I have to. I have to. I have to. It's in my head every day. Probably about 20 years ago, a palm reader told me that you have a book. You have a book to write. Wow! What are you waiting on? That was 20 years ago. That was 20 years ago. You
0: know what the palm reader told me? What? Wash your hands.
1: <laughs> okay. I, I knew it would be funny. I, I knew it would be. <laughs>
0: that is That is amazing. So, I mean... When you're talking about this book you're going to write, well, we might as well just get in the weeds because I can't touch on the other three things because they're top secret. Yes. So we're going to talk about that one thing on the book. Is it going to be a mentorship book? Is it going to be motivational? Is it going to be advice? Because Lord knows. I mean, we know what we've been through in the last two or three years. We need all the lifting up we can get.
1: You know, I I want to be able to to give nuggets on every chapter but I also want that book to really give people my life, yeah. And that hoping that what I've gone through will help some people grow. You know, people say, you know, this story's been told over and over, but it hasn't been my story. That's right. That's been told. So I want to be able to tell my story, and 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 it's it's, it's a lot. You know, I I I always think about this lady. Her name was Miss Emma. She lived on the same street that I lived on. She was a burly woman who wore. Uh, apron every day, a, a rag on the head. She looked like an, oh, what they called an old slave woman. And most of the children in the community were afraid of her, but I wasn't. She was like this place that I would go for rest. She was this place that I could go to for comfort when I'd been bullied. And I'd just go down there and sit on her front porch. She had hogs in the front yard. She And, and living in the city, chicken. And I was never afraid of her. And she was always very endearing to me. She'd see me coming down the street, and she'd say, here come my black gal. Oh. Here she come. That's black gal. And I would sit on her porch and just love all of that. And she loved my family. That book, this book, would be truly dedicated to somebody who uplifted me like she did as a little kid.
0: I've always said that biographies are a lot better than self-help books anyway. Oh, yeah. Yeah to see okay. how you did it. And and it sounds like, obviously, you are where you are right now. And this sounds corny, but it sounds very true. You were loved.
1: Yeah, I was. Yeah. Totally. Totally. From my grandmothers on both sides, my mama, you know, trying to work and take care of things. It was just, it was an amazing life. I got some stories. are some funny ones, too, when I think about my mom. Some really funny stories. But I, I was loved. I, I enjoyed it. it. was singing in the house because my grandmother was a singer. My grandfather was a singer. My mom was a singer. There was always singing going on in the house.
0: Let's wrap up the show here real quick. We live in a tumultuous time. I think we know that. We've been through the pandemic. We've been through social justice unrest and for good reason uh, with George Floyd and everything else that's happened as well. Right now, what advice would you give for us to be able to get um through what we're going through, the stress we're going through, and if somebody wants to you know, achieve and do great things like what you're doing, what advice would you give them? Slow down. Sorry, there was a lot there.
1: <laughs> slow down. No, she said slow down. Oh. Slow, slow down and keep the faith. Oh. You know, God is listening. If you don't believe there's a spirit that's listening, your ancestors are listening, keep the faith. You're not gonna have to walk this journey alone. They're always going to be with you, and they transition only to be able to give you the strength that you need to keep moving. Keep moving. Don't stop, but slow down and listen to the ancestors. They got you every step of the way.
0: That's beautiful. And you know you're right. I do need to slow down. Sorry, I, I talk too fast, too. <laughs> okay. uh, definitely. I thought she was like, "What? well, she's right. I am talking too fast. I need to slow down a little bit. We'll get you up in the morning.
1: Yeah. My children, yeah. My look, look, not being funny, but yeah, no. my, my children, my dog. But what gets me up in every morning is the ancestors. Yeah, you, know, you, you've seen my braces. I'm sure you can hear them here. Oh yeah, this is is something that I, I I put on quickly every morning because I'm honored to be a child all the way with blood that runs through my veins from Africa. I am so honored to have a path that brought me brought me to this point and they're all with me right now saying thank you child thank you thank you for the work that you've done we've been with you we push you and you've made us proud that's all that's what that's why I get up every morning you're gonna make me cry but that's why I get up
0: I, I do that all the time I make people <laughs> cry all the time Look, Pamela thank you I just that was wonderful today really appreciate it Bye. I want to thank you for listening today. I want to thank our guest, Pamela Jr., director of the two museums, for sharing her incredibly powerful story with us today. If you'd like to hear this uh, show again or any past episodes, you can listen to podca- our podcast on your favorite podcast app or on our MPB public media app. Now You're Talking is a production of MPB Think Radio. It's produced by Michelle McAdoo. Stay tuned for Southern Remedy, Healthy and Fit with Josie Bidwell, and join us next week at 10 a.m another great conversation here on MPB Think Radio. Y'all have a great week.